Let's grab our Bibles, shall we? We feel the Lord's very special anointing, and uh, we are just excited what the Lord is doing. I feel that the revival that we hunger for is is upon us. In the wee hours of the morning, the Holy Ghost woke me up and spoke to me just, uh, and, and it's not easy, Lord, I know, to wake me up like that, but just like a miracle God gave me these words and I want to of course every time I preach I preach knowing that God has anointed us but I'd like to read from John chapter 3 and read to you the, the very text that the Holy Ghost gave me in the middle of the night I was planning something else uh, and was excited about it but the Lord <clears throat> has given us another word And so John chapter 3 verse 1 says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. Now that's a little Greek construction there. And that's why the King James always says, The same came. But that's, in in the Greek, you could translate it this way. And, And this is the one who came to Jesus. Or you can say, it is the same one or the very one. And so the King James has opted for the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And then that's quite a long verse. And then we go on to verse 3. Jesus answered. And so here we note that it is Jesus. I would say Jesus who brings up the new birth. It's Jesus that brings it up. When somebody begging, please tell me. And Jesus said, okay, maybe I'll tell you. Jesus brings it up and said, verily I say unto thee. And of course, it's usually, and it is here, doubled. Verily is a, uh, basically the word a man, basically, which means truly, truly, or something like that, of a very truth. And when you double it, that was the way the Greeks would draw very close attention to it. I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? Amen. Nicodemus said unto him, How can or how in the world, I would add, how can a man be born when he is old? Now that is a very important question. Jesus has just said, you must be born over. You must be born all over again. And he says, how? How can a man be born again? When, or born when he is old. Can he enter? And here's his second question. He's making it very clear what's troubling him. Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Is that what, I mean, are you suggesting something here? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and the Spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. The new birth, Jesus brought it up and sparked all of these questions from Nicodemus. Then verse 6, that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. And I'm going to preach to you for just a moment here today from this subject. You must 
be born again. Let's lift our hands together and invite the presence of the Lord and his anointing. Lord, right now, I feel your holy touch. I believe you're here to speak to us. Lord, that's why you've come in such a marvelous fashion. Lord, you want your will to be done. And you want us to know how to go about it. Lord, we're not going to climb in somewhere and try to make it happen. Lord, we're going to listen to you and we give you praise. And we magnify your wonderful name. And everyone said, praise the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. You must be born again. You may be seated. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now the Lord is here. We all know the Lord is here. And I want to share something with you that I wouldn't have thought of if the Holy Ghost hadn't woke me up and uh, just put this in my mind. Some years ago, I was traveling through uh, preaching in Asia and up in uh, Singapore and traveled through Hong Kong. And, and uh, I was at a particularly questioning, uh, a questioning time in my ministry where I was sort of saying, well, I wonder if the great revivals are over. I wonder if people are just so whirly, we're just never going to really see an outpouring and so on. This was some years back before I was in Georgia, of course. And I felt the Holy Ghost prompt me uh, to preach from John chapter 3, and it reminded me of that little trip, and I want to uh, share a, a little slice of that with you here in a moment. But first of all, what men surmise does not hold weight compared to what Jesus says. How many know that is true? Men may say something, and I'm not trying to disparage, not being smart aleck, but I would much rather hear what Jesus had to say about it than what you have to say about it. That's really what I'm saying. I'm, I'm glad to hear you out. But in the end, I'm going to give far greater weight to what Jesus said than somebody that's got 47 degrees and, and thinks that they're a thermometer. I'm, not gonna, I'm just not going to worry about what men say. And I've often been ridiculed for preaching this message. And I've got news for you, devil. I am not stopping preaching. You must be born again. You must be born again. I don't care what the devil's told you. You must be born again. Now, I'm reading today. I've just read. I don't. I've read a sizable portion there, seven verses, and I took my time. And we are listening to the very words of Jesus. And I pointed out a couple of things about it. And Jesus said that the explanation of how this new birth was going to take place, which uh, Nicodemus brought up, and, and we haven't even, I, don't, I don't have time to go in. I wish I could. I wish I could preach that today. How, how Nicodemus, who Nicodemus was and all of that, it would just be... Uh, so wonderful. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach what the Lord has given me. I believe that God is going to give a revelation in these days that the Holy Ghost is as real today as it was 2,000 years ago. God is still healing. I... I felt in this platform today a healing. We were at uh, Brother Sister Morris's home this week, and uh, he's as sick as he, I've ever seen him. And he's laying there, and I felt the Holy Ghost speaking to me. Father, I don't care what the devil says. My God is more powerful than cancer. My God can heal cancer. My God can do anything. Praise God. Man, you better buckle up. I hope you brought a seatbelt. Now, Jesus said of the how, and to Nicodemus is how is this going to happen. He says that a man 
explaining this must be born of water. Everyone say water. water. I have tons of friends that leave the water out. So I'm going to take a pause here. You must be born of water and the spirit. I have a lot of good friends who say, oh, I believe that spirit part I, I believe in, but that, the rest of it doesn't matter. Well, if Jesus said it, it matters. <laughs> Let me tell you right now. Now, we're living in a time, very interestingly, when the theologies and the theologians and all the isms and so forth tell us that we don't need water baptism. It doesn't really matter. And that we don't need the spirit either. I hear, I, I would say uh, 90, mm, way up there in the 90% of the professors, even at uh, theological schools, will tell you that you don't need the Holy Spirit. You don't need to speak in tongues. You don't need what the apostles had at the day of Pentecost. But that is not true. You need exactly what they had at Pentecost. In fact, if anybody needs it, we need it. Praise God. Now, you must be born again, the scripture says. The apostle Peter preached this to those present on that first day of Pentecost. And he said, now I'm going to read it to you in Acts chapter 2. I love this verse. Repent and be baptized. Now, I had a friend one time I was trying to explain. He's quite a theologian and had several degrees. And we were in school together. And, he, and uh, I, I admired him. He was brilliant. And, and I was trying to explain to him, now here's why you must be baptized in Jesus' name. And he said, well, that, 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 that doesn't mean that. I said, you mean it doesn't mean what it's saying? I'm reading it right here in the Bible. It doesn't, but that, that, that doesn't mean that. He said, in fact, you, you read me Jesus over there in John, and Jesus never mentioned repentance. He said, you must be born of water and the Spirit. And he was going to, Justify not obeying Acts 2.38 because Jesus didn't mention repentance over there in John 3. And I said, well, uh, hey, my good friend with the Ph.D., let me tell you why he didn't mention repentance. It hadn't got one thing to do with the birth. Repentance is the dying. You've got to die to yourself. That's repentance. But after you've done that, you must be born again. Hallelujah. I didn't, I didn't do that with my fists and so on. I just said, you know. <laughs> Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Then he goes on, explains what remission of sins is. Because uh, there are those that say, oh, baptism, uh, it doesn't mean anything. It's just some sort of a symbol. I heard just recently someone saying baptism is just, uh, why well, you do it, but it's just a symbol. It's a whole lot more than a symbol, my friend. We are buried with him in baptism. And so repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. And you shall receive just what Jesus said. Water and spirit. And I'm talking to someone today. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Middle of the night, the Holy Ghost. Yes, I'm... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're all over Jonesboro. Get up. Get up. Get up. I'm telling you, they can have it, and I'm pouring it out on them. The Holy Ghost is falling in Jonesboro, and we're going to be a part of that outpouring. They shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts 2 and 38. So, what are you to do? Well, you and I... 
are to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're not to challenge it. We're just to obey it. So when you begin to obey and you begin to look at it and you realize I must be born again. And I feel here in this place today, in this house right now, even in this, uh, let's call it a more or less a silent uh, moment. The wooing of the Holy Spirit. The presence of God is here right now. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, the Spirit is speaking to us. And there's enough of that grace and power. Sometimes we speak of it as grace. If we want to use Pauline language. Sometimes we speak of it as, as his power. They work together. They're, they're distinct, but yet uh, just like the fingers on a hand, they just work together, his power and his grace. How many are thankful for the grace of God? When you were unworthy, he, he brought you in. The devil keeps trying to say, you're not worthy, remember, you're not worthy, remember that. Oh, devil, get out of here. We rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what the devil has said about your past. There's enough Holy Ghost here in this place for literally thousands to stand repentant at the old, as the songwriter said, the old rugged cross. Hallelujah. There's room. There's another, I forget who the, uh, maybe it was... Uh, uh, Penny, what's her last name? Crosby, I think it was, who was blinded as a child, and she wrote, There's room at the cross for you. There's enough Spirit of God in this place today to overcome all of your doubts. get past all of your mistakes and to make you over again. And it spills over. That's why it's happening all across, all across Jonesboro. The Holy Ghost is, is moving and speaking in people's hearts and lives. Now, as I told you, and I'm, I'm, I'm purposely going slow, and I know you're hoping I would go fast, but <clears throat> I met a, a gentleman Chinese brother in Asia when I was traveling that changed my perspective forever. And it's been some time since I have uh, dared to think about him and uh, bring him up, but I'm going to uh, remind myself and tell you about Kirka, the preacher that I met in, in uh, China. I'd been somewhat uh, questioning God and was a little thinking, well, the church may have reached its peak and, and uh, the Lord's coming soon. Maybe we just, we're almost there. And, and the Lord was very displeased with me. And uh, I wasn't fully aware of it, but uh, <clears throat> I met there one of the most powerful examples of how God or the gospel can reach a searching heart I witnessed it myself, and I was completely awestruck. I, even now, when I speak of it, I, I thought, Lord, should I, should I repeat this where it's going to be recorded? I mean, I, it's not worth, I, I'm not going to be able to say it in a way that's even worthy to tell it. And I believe that it is his will. 
So I witnessed myself traveling and preaching through Asia, uh, a man who so hungered for God. Now, and I believe that when, and I do, and I'm telling you this, I want you to hear it. You can do with it what you will. But I do believe that when someone wants to get through to God, and you're here, you're listening to me, you know that your heart is reaching for truth and for God, and you're wondering, you've heard voices everywhere, and you're just, you're not even sure. How do we even know what's the thing to do? That when your heart is hungry for God, He will make a way. He will make a way. He will make a way. Now, I don't care what the devil has told you. If you search for the new birth, you will receive it just like Jesus said. You'll find it there like honey in the honeycomb. Okay, I was relating to you the story of meeting a preacher from Tibet. I had been studying at the university, doing research on my Ph.D., on where people were getting the Holy Ghost and getting baptized in Jesus' name. And uh, I was doing that in England. And I was at a kind of a dry spell in all of that. And one of the professors said, well, here's what you do, Talmud. You uh, check somewhere where there won't be any Jesus' name people. I said, really? Where? Where?" He said, well, I'd start with Iceland. Uh, Antarctica uh, and then he said and I'm just saying here's what he said uh, I'd try Japan because it's 99% Buddhism and then I would try uh, Tibet because Tibet and Bhutan are almost 100% exclusively Buddhists and there aren't going to be any aisle running tongue talkers there Probably. I said, okay. And the idea was to work back and see how many places we could find. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, because I, I want to move on, that we could not find a country anywhere that they weren't getting baptized in Jesus' name and getting the Holy Ghost. Every nation of the world, everyone I just mentioned. <clears throat> For example, now you can, you can like it or not, the largest church in Iceland, Jesus' name church. Japan, the largest church in Japan, Jesus name church. And I'm talking thousands of people. So we got through that. But anyway, and then I was supposed to do other places. But I had already convinced myself that Bhutan and, uh, and Tibet were certainly, uh, they, 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 we weren't going to find anybody there. It's just the nature of the place. And, you know, it's mostly mountains and, and you know, they live up there in the where the clouds are floating by and so on, and I just gave up on it. So I was traveling through, and I was preaching. I was going to end up in uh, Singapore, and I did, and I preached there and uh, changed my life forever because I met uh, this gentleman. He was preaching on the corner. I can't, uh, very hard, uh, when I think of this, I realize what God saved me as a minister when I met Kirka. I wasn't backslid. I wasn't doing anything wrong, except I was doubting the very thing that was most central to faith. 
And, of course, when I met Kirka, he was preaching on a box uh, in uh, Hong Kong, and he was preaching to uh, uh, people that had gathered, and he did not know that there were other people that preached in baptism in Jesus' name, received the Holy Ghost. He had no idea. But uh, when Kirka was seven, his parents were very devout Buddhists, and they gave him to the monastery, to the I guess we would call them monks, and he became a monk himself. Uh, when we were, when he, I asked him, could I write his story? Could I write it all down, every every part of it? And he said, Sure, yes, 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 yes. And uh, so he said, I said, Well, how old were you when I was trying to figure out how he became a Pentecostal when he was a Buddhist monk? And uh, he was describing, showing me the pictures of the place and. And you see the clouds floating by and these little goat wagons. And, and uh, I was getting goosebumps. I mean, I was just like thinking to myself. Uh, and when I met him, he was trying to get me to go up into Tibet with him. <clears throat> I was way, way, I mean, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of miles it is. Maybe 2,000, I don't know, a long way. If you go from South China, I mean South India, all the way up from Hong Kong and the China Sea all the way north into Tibet. I don't know. You, someone, maybe we could figure that out. It's a long way. He wanted me to go. I, he said, well, I got some folks to baptize. I need you to come. Would you please come? And I was like, Brother Kirka, I, I just met you. And the missionary would talk to the missionary. And the missionary said, okay, we're working on it. And Brother, Brother Willoughby came back and he said, Brother French, do you, do you know that, who this man is? And I said, no, I just met him just like you did. He said, he, he's a preacher. He's come from Tibet. We didn't even know we had Jesus' name people in Tibet. I said, yes, he wants me to go up and baptize those people for him. He said, do you know how many there are? I said, no. I figure, you know, get there on a Saturday, baptize them that night, and church on Sunday. He said, there's 32,000 people waiting right now. And the Holy Ghost told him. And, and the reason the Holy Ghost brought him into uh, South was that he didn't know there were other Jesus' name people in the whole world. God was trying to show him, I've got a mighty church all over the world. And he had 32, he'd already baptized thousands. And I sat there with my mouth up. I thought, my goodness, how long would it take you to baptize 32,000 people? But the most central thing to this whole story was that he was raised. His parents gave him to a monastery, a top of a mountain so high. Most, there's so few people ever been up there. And at the very top of it is a Buddhist monastery that is so magnificent, it's doors has gold on it it has got towers it is it is the most amazing thing for people that live in poverty to walk up a gigantic mountain and and see the clouds as they float by and be raised up there and have uh, vows of silence and all of that how in the world and by this time i am literally weeping and praying he's praying with me and and i'm saying pray for me brother kirk i want you to pray for me he said, I said, I want to know how. I want to know everything about it. And uh, he said, well, I said, he, he, he didn't understand what I meant. So I said, okay, number one, how did you get the Holy Ghost? How did you even know there was a Holy Ghost? Let's go back that far. Oh, uh, thunderous pounding on the door to our monastery missionary 
that opened the door just a crack and a Bible was shoved through the door like that. And I was just, I'm usually not up there. I was a, one of the youngest, but I just happened to be standing close. And, and it, the practice was everyone to turn their back when, especially an American, but a Christian would come and, you know, they'd try to witness to them and so on. And we, they'd just turn their back, be kind, but turn their back. Isn't that kind? Turn your back and just stand there for a while and wait for them to go away. And in, in uh, Chinese, they said, go, 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 go away, go away. But they wouldn't stop. They had kept their hand in there. And Kierkegaard said, I don't know why. I don't know what happened. I just, I just reached out and I grabbed it. And I put it in my robe. Nobody knew I ever had that Bible. I kept it there. I read it all year. I never stopped reading it. I read it day and night. I, I had so much time on my hands. And the more I read, the more I kept going back to the, that book of Acts where they begin to speak languages and they didn't know in the power of God. And, and I, I mean, I became so amazed. I thought, oh God, if you could reach Kirka at the top of a mountain in the most forsaken land in the world, you can reach anybody, anywhere. something. When Jesus said you shall receive the Holy Ghost, he meant you get hungry for it and you're going to get the Holy Ghost. I promise you, you're going to get the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Friend, the Holy Spirit is speaking to us today that we must be born again. There is water and you must be baptized in his name. His Spirit is here and God is drawing you into his presence. In fact, I I, I, the very next thing, and I'm going to stop, I'm going to get off that story, but I, when I knew if I get down there, I'd never stop. But I said, Kierke, listen, I, just, just so I can tell the professors, and I mean, we had 50,000 people baptized in Tibet. I wanted them to know about it by one man who was a Buddhist priest. I said, how did you get the Holy Ghost? He said, well, after I got the Bible and I went to them and said, I, I'm going to be careful here. Uh, I'm going to abbreviate the story. Uh, he was beaten. They broke his arms, his legs. That's when I first met him. He had been preaching on the street corner, and he said, oh, God is a miracle worker, and he pulled up his sleeve, and there were screws in his elbows. He said, this is where they broke my arms and my legs. They beat me until, he said, they killed me. It's what he said. They killed me and threw me in the uh, river that runs down into Naga. And he said, I, I don't know how long I floated, but, but God had a purpose. And God, he said, God sent an angel. Now, you believe what you want to. I'm just telling you what he said. He said, God sent an angel. And when I woke up, this angel was there on the bank of the river. He was holding me like this. And a gentleman came by, and he said, this man is very sick. Get him quickly. And they, uh, what, what's the New Delhi? New Delhi? New Delhi, is that the capital of India? Whatever it is. It's either new or old, but it's Delhi. I think it's New Delhi. <clears throat> yes. They're from India. Hallelujah. He took him to the hospital. They put the screws in his arms, and, and the Holy Ghost raised him up in the hospital. It's there a long time. You say, well, my goodness, that's the, you, you're preaching that we got to get our arms and legs broken? No. No, I'm not preaching that at all. I'm telling you that when you're hungry for God, all the devils in hell are not going to stop you. 
Angels are going to meet you on the banks of the river. I'm telling you, nothing can stop the hunger of the heart. You must be born again. And God's going to make sure when you want it that you have it. He's going to reach you there where you are. And so he got up. I said, yeah, but, but, but I want to know, when did, when did you get the Holy Ghost? I mean, I, this story had been going for quite a while. He said, oh, oh yes, 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 the Holy Ghost part. He said, well, I told the Lord that I wanted to obey the scripture I just read to you. That's 238, my favorite scripture. And as the Lord said, well, they released him from the hospital. He went back up into Naga, uh, and he, he knew that there was a Christian college there. Naga's quite Christianized, Nagaland. And so he went to the largest Christian university in Nagaland, knocked on the door. And this missionary supposedly was from this university. That's what he had heard. Guy opened the door. He said, I'm looking for the Christians that run the university. He said, oh, they're all gone. We're, it's a break. He said, well, who are you? Well, I'm a Pentecostal preacher that just happens to be here. I'm staying over. He said, well, I want the Holy Ghost like it is in the Bible. He said, well, you just knocked on the right door because I'm a Jesus name preacher. Hallelujah. In all of India, in all of Nagaland, in all of Tibet, they laid hands on Kirka right there and baptized him in Jesus' name. And he began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives utterance. So I am telling you today, God is able to bring you to birth. When you are ready, he's waiting because he is your father. And he knows what he's doing. Could we bow our heads? Just let's bow our heads. Father, now, Father, I believe right now that you are dealing with people's hearts. You're trying to draw us, and, and this is our this is our Naga land. This is our this is our river experience. And Father, I believe that no matter what the enemy does, they'll not be able to stop the hunger of the soul. I pray for each one under the sound of my voice that your presence would be with us and you'll guide us. And fill us with your spirit and let us respond by being buried with you in the waters of baptism. Would you stand? We're going to uh, invite you to come. Now let me tell you two things. And I know I'm aware of the time. Don't, don't get nervous. Don't get nervous. Brother French taught about that. Don't get nervous. Here we go. Now, just, just for a moment. Here we go. Now, some, someone needs healing today. And I know we've already prayed for healing. But faith has been released here that God is going to do a special work. And I would like for Brother Richard uh, Pope, I want you to come and stand in for Brother Morris. Now, he's sicker than I've ever seen him. I refuse to accept anything but the will of God. Now, I know that when the saints go home and all that, I know that what that's about. But I'm believing God for a miracle. Come on, Brother Richard. I want you to stand here. Someone else, let's bow, just bow for a minute. Some may be nervous to come if we're looking at them. You need a healing. Would you step out? You need a healing. Someone, you believe in God for a miracle. Now, there's someone that's praying for a, a loved one. 
and it seems impossible, but God has given you faith, and I want you to come and stand in for them right now. That's it. Just, just it, it doesn't have to be very many. Just come and stand, and then we're going to reach our hands towards you, and we're going to believe God. That's it. That's it. I need now. There's someone here that wants the Holy Ghost. You have come today and you have wondered how you could ever receive it. Now I want you to step out and just come and join us. You don't have to say anything. Just come and join us right right across the front. And we're going to pray that the Spirit of God will fill you right now. Because the Holy Ghost is moving in such a powerful way. That's it. Come, Keep coming. That's all right. If we fill this up, then this, we just fill it on up. Praise God. Now, saints of God, I want you to gather around these like a, like a great hedge of faith around all these that have gathered. And let's just come and let's reach our hands toward the front as they sing. We're going to pray for these folks right now. Father, right now, we pray in Jesus' name for each of these that have